And I uh, would like for you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Exodus. This is where we'll begin today, kind of where we left off last week. We started a new series last week entitled God Shows Up. How many of you ever have you have ever experienced in your life a time where God showed up for you in some way? Anybody? Good. A lot of hands. Before I jump into this teaching today, I'd like to encourage you and kind of promote this book. It's not mine, so this is not a self-promotion at all. This is Robert Morgan's book, and we're actually selling them here at the Guests and Information Center uh, because we've been, we've been focused on the book of Exodus in the fall of 2023 and now starting 2024. This might be just a good resource for you to pick up, a good book for you to grab hold of uh, out there at the Guests and Information Center. And, um, and just, we're not taking all of our thoughts out of this book, but it certainly goes along with it, it complements it so well. This book does complement our series. So just want to encourage you to, to pick one up if you can. And then uh, on the back of your little handout is a little sermon outline for you to follow along with today's teaching if you would like to do so. And so last week we talked about the visible presence of God. God had led his people, the children of Israel, out of bondage in Egypt. He was leading them out. And, and as he was leading them out, uh, Pharaoh and his army, the Egyptians, were uh, having a change of heart, we might say. They were having a change of heart about releasing them. Although they'd been through all the plagues and all the struggles, and, and the, the, Lord, the Lord just really delivered the children of Israel with a strong hand, a mighty hand, you would say, as you read back through the first 12 chapters and even the 13th chapter of Exodus. And so the Lord was active on behalf of his people. I want to encourage you today, God is still active on behalf of his people. God is still active on behalf of his children. He hasn't left us. We're not abandoned in 2024. The Lord is with us. He made it known to his people. He led his people with a strong presence. And what we read here in Exodus chapter 13 and verse 21 and 22, the Bible tells us the Lord went before his people by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way. And if you're marking in your Bible, you might just underline that to lead them because he didn't just, he didn't just accompany them with his presence. You know, we know the Lord is with us always, but the Lord wasn't just with them, he was leading them. And so the Bible says he led them by, with a pillar of cloud along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So he, he was making his presence known and he was leading them. Now, why would he give them this pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night? The Bible tells us that they might travel by day and by night as he's leading them out of this captivity. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from among or before the people. And I, I think that's noteworthy. You might just underline that or, or mark that in your Bible or in your notes. The pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud, it did not depart from God's people. He, he remained with them. His presence was there. He was with them at all times. Now, a question I want to start with today that I, I addressed a little bit in this service last week, in the early service, but I didn't even get into it in the second service. So if you were in the second service last week, you didn't get any of this part. But hopefully, you, if you were here in the first service, you'll remember some of this. How do you know when God is leading you? Because we see the obvious presence of God here in the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, a powerful display of God's presence leading his people. But today, in real time, how do you know when God is leading you? Or how do you know when it's your own desire? 
I actually had this question posed to me by one of our young adults here. They texted me while I was in Georgia a couple weeks, uh, you know, last week when I explained to you how I'd been in the, in the mess in the airports and on the flights. I get this text in the middle of all the chaos from one of our young adult men here in the church, and he asked this question, how do you know when God is leading you or when it's just your own desires? It's a great question, isn't it? How many of you have ever wondered that like I have? How do I know that this is really God or how do I know if it's just me? Let me encourage you, first of all, test everything with the word of God. Check everything with the word of God. First of all, I want us to understand that God is never going to lead you into something that is contrary to his words. He'll never lead you into something. He'll never lead you into something that is in opposition or contrary to his word. His word is his will for your life. His word is his will for your life. Let me give you an example. We had a lady one time that came to my wife and I early on in the ministry. Her and her husband had been having some struggles. There was no infidelity there. There was nothing going on that we would consider. There was no abuse in terms of physical abuse. Uh, there, there was nothing that we would look at and go, this couple shouldn't stay married or anything like that. But she came to us and she just kind of said, I'm done. I'm tired of this husband. I don't want to be married to him anymore. I don't like him anymore. And God God's given me his God's given me peace about leaving him and finding someone else and I was able to look at her there in our home and I said you might have peace about leaving your husband but it's not God's peace see there's a difference in the world's peace and God's peace God's peace comes from him and it's always in line with his word as we're walking in the word and the will of God he get he gives us his peace and, and, and sometimes we'll convince ourselves that doing things contrary to God's word is okay, and so we'll, we'll have a sense of peace about it. But it's not the peace of God. The world has a sense of peace as well. We're to always check things with the word of God. Our encouragement to that young lady was stay with it. Keep fighting for your marriage. Get some help. Go to counseling. Get involved in marriage retreats like we're offering. Get involved in some small groups in the church, those kinds of things. But she was done with it. You see, living without the word of God as our guide is like trying to go somewhere you've never been without directions. Living without the word of God in our lives, living, without, uh, uh, living according to God's word is like trying to go somewhere you've never been without directions. The Bible says in Psalm 37 and 4, and this is not in your outline, but I'm throwing it out to you again today. Psalm 37 and 4, the scripture says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean that he'll give you whatever you want. That's not what it means when it says he'll give you the desires of your heart. What it means is that your desires, as you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires, your want to, will come in line with his want to's for your life. Your desires will, will line up with his desires for your life. In fact, he'll take his desires and place them in your life when you're delighting yourself in his word and in his presence. So it's not a promise to just get whatever you want. It, it's a promise that he will fill our hearts with his desires for our lives. Our desires match up with his. He places his desires within us. All right? So then number one in your outline here, something I want us to see this morning to, to kind of go a little bit further. God's visible presence to the children of Israel here as he's leading them out of this captivity in Egypt, God's visible presence provided light for his people. 
We see that in the passage here. He gave them light by night to light their way. The light was for travel by day and by night. He was with them. He was guiding them, but he was lighting the way. Now, we don't have a guiding cloud or a pillar of fire to light our way, but the Bible does tell us that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Is that right? The Bible tells us that in Psalm 119 and verse 105. Yes, I said Psalm 119, verse 105. It's a big chapter in the Bible, isn't it? 105. Verse 105 says, The word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It's like a spiritual compass for us. It's a spiritual compass for us so we know which direction we should go, so we know the way that we should take his word, the word of God, as we read it and we pray over it and we meditate on the word of God. Meditation in today's culture means you clear your mind of everything and you just invite whatever to fill it. No, as a child of God, when we meditate on God's word, what that means is we, we, we ask the Lord to help us not to worry or fret or be concerned about things in this moment. We're going to just clear our heart and our mind that we might hear what his word would speak to us. And so then we read the word of God and then we meditate on it. We think about it. We dwell on it. We write it down. We read it throughout the day. We're filling our mind and our hearts with God's word. That's what it means to meditate on the word of God. And his word then illuminates the path, each path that we should take, and it keeps us from a misstep or a wrong turn. I was hunting a few years back and I had gone up by myself, which you shouldn't do. Things got a little bit darker than I thought they would in the moment. It seemed like it got real dark on the mountain real fast and I was back further than I thought I would be. I was out elk hunting and, and uh, I was, again, by myself. I thought I had my headlight in my pack and I didn't. I didn't have the light that I needed. I did have one small flashlight. The battery was kind of weak, but it was enough. It was amazing how much light, just a little bit of light can give in a dark place. And so I began to try to follow my tracks back in the snow, and I got in this forest part where the trees were pretty dense, and, and as I was walking through, I, was, I couldn't find exactly my trail. There were several trails there, and so I'm following along, and I, I was reminded of this passage of Scripture you know, I would much rather that night had a light that shined way out in the distance and showed me where I was going and showed me the end of the forest or showed me where the, the truck was at. But it, the light could not do that. It would not do that. But it was faithful as I shined the light down for every step. It kept me from falling. It kept me from stumbling. It kept me headed the right direction. There was a few times I had to stop and look around and I'd kind of walk this way and look for, some, for, for my tracks coming in and then I'd walk back that way and I was kind of looking around with this little bit of light but it wasn't long till I found the trail. I was able to find it again and I was able to get out. Obviously, here I stand. <laughs> Safe and sound. And I was safe that night. I know some of you can criticize me later for all the things I did wrong. I'm fully aware of it. We learn from our mistakes, don't we? But I will tell you, we need to apply that to our spiritual lives as well. We often want the word of God to show us what's way out there, but the Bible doesn't say God's going to shine a bright light way out there and show you your future. But he is, as the title of our teaching today, he is the God of the here and now. I said, God is the God of here and now, and he lights every step of the way for his children. 
He doesn't always shine his light way out. He doesn't promise to do that, but he does give us his light for every step, for this moment that we need in our lives today. God's presence provides us with light even through the dark places of our life. I want you to hear this well this morning. I believe this is for somebody today that really needs to hear this. The enemy wants you to believe things are darker than they really are in your life right now. I said the enemy wants you to think things are darker in your life than they really are right at this moment. The enemy is working really hard to bring fear into the lives of God's people today. But I'm here to tell you, no matter how dark you think things are, Jesus is still the light of the world. His light is still shining. His word is still lighting the path of his people. Do you believe that this morning? His light, his presence is still with us and he's lighting the way. No matter how dark you think things will get, when you don't know where to go, uh, I, I'm here to tell you God will make a way for us. When we don't know what to do, God can help us to know the next step that we are to take. When we don't know what to pray, we can pray God's word. It is a light to our path and I'm telling you when I've learned to trust him when I turn my heart to him when I turn my eyes to him I find that God shows up and he gives me what I need for that day for that moment he doesn't always shine a light way out there but for the moment for that moment he is there how many of you, I, I testified of my story, but how many of you have ever walked in darkness before <laughs> how, how, about, how about walking in spiritual darkness sure Everybody's hands should be up because we've all walked in spiritual darkness at times in our lives. I've walked in spiritual darkness at times in my life. Uh, we, before Christ, we were all in darkness. We were apart from the Lord Jesus Christ before we trusted in him as Savior and Lord. We've all walked in darkness, and darkness can be scary. Maybe you feel like you're in a dark place this morning. My encouragement to you, friends, you don't have to walk in darkness don't be afraid. The title of our year, the theme for our year, do not be afraid. For the Lord is walking with us as a, as a gentle shepherd and a mighty warrior. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid no matter how dark things seem to be for you. We have the light of life. And I stated last week, I want to remind you of this today. God's already been to your tomorrow. Have you ever thought about that have you ever stopped and considered that we worry about what's coming God's already there nothing catches him off guard he's already there he's already in our tomorrow and and for that I would say this letter B in your outline under point number one that light is intended then to comfort us see the light was given to the children of Israel as God led them out of bondage in Egypt that light was to bring them comfort it was leading the way for them but it was also comforting them I ask if you've ever walked in darkness and a lot of us have said yes there's been times you've been in darkness you know what a little bit of light can do to bring comfort I was all by myself back in the scary woods on that night I was hunting hey you can snicker if you want to the woods are scary at night I don't care who you are some of you big burly men you can look at me like that if you want you know what I'm talking about it's scary sometimes and just a little bit of light is a great companion isn't it Light is to bring us comfort. I'm thankful for the light. We feel safer with the light. That little light wasn't showing me much that was out there, but I felt safer having the light with me. 
You know, they teach you in hunter safety, in fact. I went through hunter safety myself and then with my boys, and as we went through hunter safety, one of the things they teach you there in hunter safety is that if you're ever lost and you build a fire, that fire is more than for warmth, which it is, so it can help keep you alive in that sense. But they, they also teach that, that a fire is a good companion. The light from the fire is a sense of companionship, or, or light can be a sense of hope. In fact, for us, it was a visible reminder to God's people that God was with them and he was comforting them. Even as they went, they didn't know all the ways they were going. They didn't understand all that was happening in this moment, but they knew God was leading them and they had the comfort of his presence. Now, I want you to look at number two in your outline. Number two tells us that God's visible presence also provided protection. God's presence provided protection. In fact, I'm going to jump in my Bible over to chapter 14. Would you just look there with me for a moment? In chapter 14, now this is after they've come to the Red Sea, so you're going to have some questions if you've not read uh, Exodus 14, but they get to a place, they're at the Red Sea, and get, this is that awesome, awesome uh, account where God parts the Red Sea and his people go across it. I'm not going to read that today, but we're going to get there in the next few weeks here. But what I want you to recognize is that while they were waiting for God to show up and move in such a powerful way, the Bible says that in Exodus 14, 19, and, and 20, that the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. Why was that? Because Pharaoh and his army, with this change of heart, now they're pursuing the people of God. They're coming fast after them. He's brought warriors. The children of Israel weren't warriors. They had been slaves, probably didn't, weren't well equipped with weapons. And now all these soldiers are coming after them. They're, they're penned in. They got the Red Sea in front of them. They've got walls of rough terrain around them. They're penned in. And the Bible says the angel of God through this pillar went from before them and turned and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them coming between them and the host of Egypt, between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was a cloud in the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. God caused the cloud, this, his presence in this cloud, this pillar of cloud, to, to go from before the children of Israel as it led them to now as this threat is imminent behind them Pharaoh and his army are approaching the angel of the Lord in this pillar of cloud goes and stands behind them and all through the night that cloud separates God's people from the people of Egypt the, these Egyptian warriors can God do that you better believe it would he do that for his people? Absolutely. I want to encourage you today, no matter what the enemy's trying to bring fear in your life, God's got you. I said, if you're a child of God, God's got you. You don't have to be afraid. God can hide his people. I believe that somebody could come to my home, and if God didn't want me to be found, I would not be found. I believe somebody could seek me out to destroy me in the community. If God doesn't want me found, I would not be found. I'm in the Lord's hands. I'm not at the will of men. God, God protects his own. 
I believe that God could, could protect you and protect me. I'm not special. He can protect any one of us as his people any way that he chooses. Somebody could seek you out to do you harm, and when they got to you, they, they wouldn't be able to touch you unless God allowed it to happen. I believe that. God is a protector of his people. And we don't need to walk around intimidated and, and timid and afraid. God goes before us and he stands behind us as a mighty warrior. He's a gentle shepherd that leads us sure. He leads us by his love and by his light. But he's a mighty warrior and he protects his children. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid for your children. You don't have to be afraid for your family members. You don't have to be afraid for your parents. You don't have to be afraid for your friends. The Lord is with his people. He is with you. And we need to be assured of this. Don't be afraid. He is a shepherd warrior. I believe that. He is a shepherd and he is a warrior. He provides protection when nobody else can protect us. He's there. And I believe this, and I want to throw this out to you today. Because we do rely on the word of God 100%. But I want to tell you we also need his spirit in the hour that we're living in. We need the spirit of God alive within us. Because I believe with everything in me we're coming into a day when the spirit of God might tell us don't go into that place and we need to hear the voice of God and listen. The spirit of God saying don't go in there and we would stay out of that place because the spirit of God gave us a warning. There might be times when God would say, by his spirit, go here, and we need to obey. We need to know the voice of God and go there. You're not going to find it in chapter and verse in the scripture, but the spirit of God is going to be speaking to his church, to his people, leading us and guiding us. And we need a sensitivity, friends. Church, listen closely. We need a sensitivity. We need to be tuning in to the voice of God in the hour that we're in, in our world and in our nation, that we would hear the spirit of God, hear the voice of God as he says, move this way and move that way and as his spirit leads so we move and it can keep us from danger it could be a matter of life and death for us in the near future who knows but his spirit will guide us and lead us as we surrender and submit our will and our ways to his ways we walk as he tells us to walk we stay when he tells us to stay we move when he tells us to move what, that's what the people of God were doing here in this moment they were calling out to the Lord, listening to the Lord. We had a great prayer meeting here Wednesday night. Keep joining us for prayer. This is the last day of our 21 days of seeking, but we're going to keep seeking God, amen? We, we don't quit start praying and seeking God because the 21-day intensive ended. That doesn't mean we're done for the year. I hope you know that. Keep praying. Keep pressing in. Keep seeking God. We need to hear from God. In fact, I believe God wants to speak to his people today more than we want to hear from him. I said he wants to speak to us more than we even care to hear from him. His spirit and his spirit and his word will always be in agreement. God has led me places before by his spirit, speaking to my heart. God has kept me from things by his spirit, just in my heart, knowing his voice. I knew I shouldn't be here or there. And God has kept me from trouble. He's kept me from heartache by his spirit leading and guiding us. His visible presence keeps the children of Israel here. It protected them. It kept them. And I believe by his word and by his spirit, he still keeps and watches over his people today. I want to read this last passage to you in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. And as you're turning there, 
to the New Testament of Matthew chapter 6, I want you to recognize this truth. When we talk about walking with God, we're talking about the here and now. When we talk about walking with God, we're not talking about out there somewhere. It's about the here and now. It's about this moment. When you leave this place, we're not talking about how's God going to help you tomorrow? How's God going to lead you tomorrow and protect you? Yes, he'll do that. We sing that. We preach that. But in this moment, God is with you. And we need to take confidence and comfort that he's leading and guiding him and, and rely on him, rely on his protection, rely on his provision. Listen what the scripture tells us in John chapter 8, verse 12. Before I read Matthew 6, the Bible says, Jesus speaking, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. He is with us, his presence guiding us. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 25 through 34, therefore I tell you, Jesus speaking, do not be anxious about your life. There's a word for somebody right there. I met with some this week, several, who are living in anxiety right now. They're worried about what's happening in their moment, worried about what's happening in their today. Listen to the words of Jesus. Don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful thought. What a wonderful thought. The Lord takes care of the birds of the air. And then he says, are you not of more value than they? You're more, you're more valuable to the Lord than a bird. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Talking about things that we, needs that we have. Why would we worry about needs and, and even wants? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor, nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek these things, the ungodly. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He knows what you need. Our Father in heaven knows what we need. He knows your need today. Then the scripture tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The Lord is telling us to relax, depend on him, that he is the God of the here and now. He's the God of this moment and he's got us. Don't worry about tomorrow. God is there. Trust him. He's the God of all comfort and peace. He's the God of all protection. He is our God. If he's your Savior, if he's your Lord, you're a follower of Christ, he's got you. 